Welcome to Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. This is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ, this is Wide Awake Stories. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 19 of Wide Awake Stories. We're back with a great show uh, in an undisclosed location outside of headquarters now. Uh, Daniel Bailey to my right can explain more about that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe your guest can fill us we're, in on where we are. We're in a uh, temporary studio right now, and we have a baby. Say hello. Well, just a, the baby didn't come with the studio. We didn't pay extra for the studio because of the baby. It just, but you know. We have a baby. We have a baby. <laughs> That's Shy. Shy's back this week. Hello. And Deirdre is back. Hello. How's everyone doing? Good. Wonderful. Excellent. Halloween coming up. I love Halloween. Are you a dress up person? Oh yeah. Halloween is like a week long in LA and I learned that when I moved here. A week long? Are you kidding? It's a month it starts long. on like it starts like on the twentieth and ends like November third. It started already. Do you not see all the decorations outside? Everyone's <laughs> That's got them, true. Everyone's yeah. got them all over the house. It's just so much fun because like I have so many ideas and I could put them all out into the world. I have so many ideas and then can only only end up executing one. I was gonna say well, you can only really execute. Like one you really gotta you commit because no. yeah, people people come correct. I mean, they go all out. Well, you can so. potentially execute twice because you can wear something you to the office, the but then something out to a party, which probably your office people won't be at. Well, no, you have like you know one A and one B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. you can't wear the same one twice. Yeah. You got. You have to have like a more suitable one that's more comfortable. I would say for work. My mom used to dress me up a lot but I'm not a big dress up guy unless I have like a great idea that I work on for like weeks and weeks and weeks. So like maybe over the past 10 Halloweens, I've had like three good costumes that I've actually enjoyed. I put the last one that I really loved, not a lot of people got it, but the people that did, it was just like, it was a special moment. I dressed up as Stella from Interstellar 5555. Definitely wouldn't have got that yeah, one. Yeah, but I, I mean, like it. I went all out what? with it too. Um, it's, it's the animated film that is scored to Daft Punk's Discovery album. Oh, you went God. super deep. Yeah, yeah. The people who got it, it, it was it was special. I don't even but... think Daft Punk would have got that if you were in the room with they them. They knew about the movie. They, <laughs> it, I mean, they wouldn't have got your costume. I think they would have. <laughs> I feel like I just wear something cute and throw um, an animal type ears on it and someone's like, what are you? See, I'm that's like, a good work I'm costume. like hot and a bunny. <laughs> See? I'm a hot bunny. <laughs> I'm a hot bunny. I'm a hot cat. I'm or a sexy like, mouse. I, wanted, I really liked this bodysuit last year and it had like a dry dragon on it and I was like alright damn I'm just gonna wear this and someone's gonna be like what are you and I'm like a dragon and they're like sure but it just looked good so I used to get dressed up but I had to stop a few years ago when I lost the physique Oh my god! <laughs> well, maybe don't dress as things that oh, are so outrageous. He's gonna yeah. be the guy from The Hangover with the baby. Everyone keeps telling me because that. you ha it's gonna be incredible. Well, because you have a baby accessory. Otherwise, you could just put on matching ears with Basil and you. I can't bring the baby to escape though, can I? 
Why not, not without the headphones? Just give him headphones. No. Well, why don't you dress as your baby and your baby can dress as you? Well, I already look like a baby, so. <laughs> I think that's the better Daniel idea. baby. No Daniel hair. baby. <laughs> One time when I was a little kid, my mom dressed me as a playing card, which basically was like, you ever see those people with sandwich boards on the street that are like, you know, star maps and all that. So they have a thing over there. And it was really windy one night when we were going out trick-or-treating. And because I was essentially a sign walking down the street, I would catch the wind and I just kept getting blown over every block. And eventually I took it off and I was really upset. I love this mental image. How old were you? Uh, eight. 28. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I wasn't getting blown over. I was stumbling. No, I was eight years old. I have a picture too. I can probably find it. It's mildly adorable. I will be putting that up onto, uh, onto the Insomniac socials then. Yes, we'll be boosting it. <laughs> Hashtag blown away. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Uh, one of the things I do like about working at Insomniac is when we do work our Halloween shows, staff gets dressed up. Like there's one day when people come and they're like in their regular civilian clothes and then you'll show up to work and your team will be all dressed as like mermaids and... Grapes aliens and, and aliens and stuff. Hot bunnies. Hot bunnies. Lots of hot <laughs> cats. Lots, yeah, lots of hot animals for yeah, sure. Hot animals. Guys hot can't animals. do that though. Yes, they can. Yeah, they be can. a hot sloth. Oh, there you go. We'll get you those nice talons. <laughs> oh my talons. god, really sexy. So we've got escape, and then the weekend after is Day of the Dead, which technically isn't a Halloween show, but is close enough. Yes. Because it's spooky. Because it is spooky. They have all those beautiful skulls. And yes. and then there's Boo in there. Yeah, in San too. Francisco. There's so many shows. So many options. So many different options for you so to many express costumes. yourself. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I love it. So if you want to get dressed up and you're in Southern California, it's Boo, it's Escape, or it's Day of the Dead. Lots, lots to choose from. A lot of great artists you can check out at all three of those shows. If you have different, uh, there's different uh, tastes for different folks. Uh, an artist who will not be playing any of those three shows <laughs> is our guest on this month's show, Jaws, Mr. Sam Vogel. He does have his own Halloween show, though. He going does. Down we can't talk about it. No, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Sorry, Sam. Sam stopped by the office because he just dropped a record. Would you call it a concept album? Have you listened to the record? It's I pretty have. good. It's like half bangers and half like esoteric, interesting. It's nice and varied. I like that a lot. He brought back some like old names that I feel like the older crowd might have resonated with. You know, Adventure Club and Cruella. Mm-hmm. I think that was really cool for the older crowd. He also had like Tasoki, who's new, up and coming. Snails, like Ducky, something features. On there, like yeah, 20 dude. something different artists. Mm-hmm. 23 songs, almost all of them have dope features. I really liked it. Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. Welcome to uh, Wide Awake Stories, Jaws. Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Mr. Sam Vogel. Glad to be here. And, uh, and your special guest, too, that you have with us in the studio. Yeah, do you want to whine into the mic, Bailey? No, now you got nothing. How old, is, how old is Bailey again? Bailey is a year and a half old. She's a boxer, right? She is a whole bunch of things. We have no <laughs> idea. Um, we actually, so this is my second dog. Okay. Our first dog is basically my fiance's mom's dog now. Okay. Because when we got her, I was in such a heavy touring part of my life, which not that it's changed much, but like yeah, I was, was going to say, when did that end? <laughs> but like it, it used to be like I was home for like three days at a time every two months, you know, um, and now it's more segmented, I guess. Um, so 
Joanne's mom really ended up taking care of Bella and it just fell in love with her. So this one is much more our dog. Um, and the coolest thing about Bailey is finding out that this dog that had had such a rough life is literally the biggest lover on the planet. <laughs> And she's such a fucking character. She makes so many noises. I guarantee you throughout this interview, this is whole story is just for full disclosure. You will hear in the background turkey noises. And you nice. might think we're on a farm, but it is my dog. <laughs> and with that, let's start the interview. Nice. Um, so I was going back to our uh, archives for Metronome, which right. is a mix series that we've been doing on Insomniac.com for a minute. I am familiar. You are familiar because you are episode 001 of Metronome. Which is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that was October 2014 was when that mix came out. It's since amassed three quarters of a million plays. And you said that that was one of the first mixes you ever did? I feel like it was. Or maybe the first mix you ever did? I can't imagine. I mean, okay, so I graduated from Icon in probably 2013, maybe 2014. I can't even remember anymore. And I started working with Mo not that long after that, like maybe six or seven months. So I probably graduated Icon in 2013. And then pretty much like right out the gates, I did that metronome mix. It was like before I think I had even played any Insomniac shows. Mm -hmm. And wish I could tell you what songs I played in that mix. Oh, I can pull it up. <laughs> but uh, just think back to that time in 2014 versus yeah, yeah. now. I'm not going to ask you what's changed or how have you changed DJing, but just your headspace, just coming out of Icon, producing music, mixing records, um, and just having released your album yeah. now. Just definitely, tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a full circle experience right now. Um, I personally still feel like that same kid, you know, who just did that metronome mix. Like I, I like go around to these festivals and talk to people and artists and fans and whoever. And like every now and then I have to stop myself and be like, holy shit, I'm basically an old guy now. Like I've been in this world, like in the quote unquote public eye as Jaws for about four years now, which to me is like, it still feels like year one, Yeah. you know, like I, I literally cannot believe that like, you know, I talked to artists who I was listening to back in the day before I even started Jaws and they have been around for maybe a year longer than I have. And that just like, to me, like it doesn't click. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, I still feel like the new kid on the block who, you know, has something to prove when, you know, at this point, I'm kind of old news. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about new news. Uh, you just put out a record. I mean, I'm not going to call it a concept album, but it does have four chapters in a prologue. Yeah. Which is pretty concepty. It, it, it's called yes. The Wise and the Wicked. It has the hint of conceptual album creation. Yes. And there's a... There's, and the title lends into that, The Wise and the Wicked. Just right, break down yeah. a little bit about how the tracks are, are sort of qualified under being wise and, and being wicked again for the people who don't know. So the whole reason that I even created this concept around the album, it wasn't something that like I thought was going to happen. It wasn't like this is like my goal. It was like, okay, I'm writing an album. I already had like, you know, nine or ten tracks that I thought were going to make it. I was like, okay, cool. Need to write like two or three more, maybe five, cut it down to just like one or two, and then I'll have an 11, 12 track album and I'm good to go. 
And I got so excited about writing an album that I ended up writing like 15, 20 more demos, 25 more demos. I don't even know what it is anymore. Like from like actual like ideas that I wrote to more finished ideas, to finished songs, to what made it and what didn't make it. Um, but somehow we ended up with 18 songs and a 23 track album <laughs> when you uh, interludes inter interludes and all that shit. Skits. Um, yeah. No skits. Yeah. I mean, you could call the interludes skits, I guess. There's acting and, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, but the, the point is, I came up with the idea when I was writing the tracks themselves because I realized that I was experiencing this kind of... Um, you know, split that I had always had as a producer where, um, you know, half the time I want to make like bangers and club records and festival records. And the other half of the time I want to make producer records mm. and records that make you, you know, think or feel, or more importantly to me, records that I thought other people would listen to and be like, wow, that's a really, or, or not other people, I should say other producers or other artists who would listen to those and be impressed in, in whatever capacity that means. I don't even know if those songs ended up being that technical or, or you know, intelligent mm -hmm. or whatever. But I, I, either way, I started seeing this gap between like, I make this kind of record and this kind of record. And I've always strived to make those records that sit in the middle of those two worlds. And I kind of had all three and I was like, okay, cool. I can tell a story about what's going on inside my head as a producer every single day. But instead of it being so literal, like we can take these two worlds and instead of it being two sides of my brain fighting against each other, they're both armies mm -hmm. in a city that's post-apocalyptic. And it, you know, it kind of just all developed from there. And it's funny because I see a lot of kids on the internet being like, oh, this story is so relevant for our times and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> They're and, taking it deep. Yeah, yeah. The, and it's, you know, it's the same thing that you always hear about books, you know, like art or uh, authors that write books and they get picked apart in college classes and even, yeah. you know, earlier grades than that. And they, you know, they get so literal and they take every word and, you know, investigate and like make all these connections that the artist or the author themselves never even intended. Yeah, like how many times do you think Lord of the Flies has been dissected in classrooms oh around the United God. States? Yeah, and it's like, who <laughs> even knows if that dude meant any of that shit when he was writing it? He was just writing a story, Yeah, you know? Um, and for me, I had been watching a lot of t TV and movies that had that kind of similar theme, like Altered Carbon would be a good example. Incredible show, and I just love those worlds, the post-apocalyptic, futuristic, mm -hmm. whatever. So it all kind of just came together naturally. I didn't really think too much about it. Um, but I guess that story is really just supposed to be more of a... Uh, Oh, oh my gosh. Look we at have a special guest. Just walked into the studio, heard you were here, had to say what's up. Pascual you just get done with surfing? I just ordered this new wetsuit. Wow. I just got it in the mail. I ripped open the box. Shout out Quicksilver. It's getting a little colder in the ocean, so. Yeah, I bet. Got a thicker. I've, I've only ever been not even surfing but you know out in the ocean that far in san francisco and you always wear a wetsuit out there yeah you do it is literally it's cold always 
brick. We talked about going out surfing. I know. We should do that. Well, now it's on the radio. I have to. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. We'll get some footage of it. Oh, God. And post it so people can see your first real surf experience. I've told you this a couple times, but I'll say it again. I can skateboard. I can snowboard. I can wakeboard. I can do any board sport in the world, but for some reason, surfing just does not register with my brain, and I'm going to try it again. Oh, so you, but you have done it. Okay, I think I've done it once that. or twice, right. but it wasn't pretty, and it's not going to be pretty again, <laughs> but I'm willing. Well, it is going to be pretty because I'm going to give you the right board right. for you to use. I'll give you a soft top that's pretty thick that will float you pretty easy. Yeah. And then we will um, we'll get it down. Cool. That's how it's going to happen. And then I'm, and then and then this I'm going to This was meant to me me cuz uh, B cuz uh, Rich you're wearing a surf shirt. You never wear surf I know. I'm a, gear. I, I keep telling my son I'm going to get back out there. And what kind of surfing goes down in Ohio? Uh, like uh, like dirt dirt, dirt dirt surfing? <laughs> you can surf in the lakes? You know, I'm really, I'm really, really looking forward to, there's a, an amazing surf park that just opened in Texas. Oh yeah, in Austin, right? I think it's called Waco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, in Waco, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it looks amazing. It's, it, you can, when they turn it on, um, Kelly Slater just, I mean, recently, like a year or two ago, opened one in California, which is hard to, to get into. What is it like private or it's just always I don't, I don't really know. I know that it's not open to the public Got it. yet. They did just have a competition there over the weekend and it went pretty well. This one in uh, Waco, Texas, You are you pointing at my boo-boo? Is it rash? No, I fell on, I was surfing. Yeah, I was going to say it. It looks like And I actually, rash. it was, there was a pretty big swell and I go out to Paradise Cove and so there's these rock pillars that um, kind of come out. Sometimes you'll be out in the water just waiting for a set and you'll be floating out and you'll, you'll, your bottom of your feet will just touch a rock. You'll be able to stand in the middle of the ocean. There's little areas where there's kind of rocks that come up. And I got a little shallow and I fell on my arm here. So that wasn't from the was, board, that was from rocks. That was from rocks. That I was, sucks. I was, really, I was actually really excited about it. <laughs> I haven't gotten hurt in a it's, long it's time. Like a, it's like a, a, a war wound, you know, yeah. like a... I was bleeding in the water. I felt, I felt an adrenaline rush because the wave was amazing, and yeah. it was one of the biggest waves during um, of, of the sets that were coming through. And um, I just was feeling like a, a rush, and I held it up, and it was bleeding. I was like, "That was amazing." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not that bad, you know, but it it was. Uh, it was a fun Well, no one can day. see it. It's horrible. Yeah. It, it, it looks like, like his arm stitches. fell off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you're welcome. Sorry to barge, barge in, but I had to, yeah. I mean, I heard you were here. I had to say what's up. Absolutely. Next time you see me, we'll be out in the waves. Yeah, in the water. Let's, let's really do that. Always good to see you. Yeah. Um, all right, and that's little, the interview. Little, little surprise, <laughs> little surprise appearance from Pasqual. Um, so we were talking about your record. Yeah, and I think yes, we were talking. About <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember where we were anymore. I um, I do. I remember what I wanted to ask you. So okay. as someone who is working with a lot of contemporary producers and a lot of people who who, who you guested with on the record too, when you decided that you wanted to actually go full on with this record and 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 have your idea of like melding these two parts of your brain into one actual. I won't use the word product, but one offering for yeah, people. Yeah, product makes sense too, yeah. Did 
Did you ever uh, have conversations with other producers saying, you know, I'm thinking about doing this? And Not I'm, even a little bit. Really? Literally none of them had any idea of what the album was going to look like until pretty much it came out. Well, have you had people since come up to me and be like, look, dude, I've been wanting, I've been maybe scared of, 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 of showing that part of my production brain to people. And maybe I just want to write bangers or I'm pressured to do this. And, and your album really kind of showed me that yeah, maybe I don't I've, have to do that. I've, I've gotten a bit of that for sure. Um, and I mean, that's always been my goal as Jaws, you know, even from the beginning, like the first like mantra motto, whatever you want to call it, that Mo and I came up with, mm -hmm. you know, when we were trying to figure out like the branding behind Jaws and like what people were going to attach to was music has no boundaries, mm -hmm. which is the, you know, the idea that, you know, like producers shouldn't be limited to just making one kind of music. Um, and also about, you know, kind of doing that in the right way. And there are a lot of artists that came before me and there's a lot of artists that have come after me that do that same thing and, you know, are able to make so many different kinds of electronic music and make it feel like them. I mean, Arl Grime is a great example. Um, even Porter, Zed's Dead, Sunny, Skrillex, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, Excision, you know, who you would maybe think like, is his music is kind of one dimensional, but it's not. If you really sit there and listen to it, there's every kind of tempo and genre in his music yeah. and he makes it all sound like excision, yeah. you know, and that's the same for all of those artists. Um, but I, I guess what separates me from them is that I was kind of, I wanted to use, you know, that versatility as, you know, kind of like a talking point and, you know, not even so much for artists, but also for the fans to be like, look, like, why are you only a house music fan? Why do you only listen to dubstep? Why do you only listen to drum and bass? So I, I get a lot of that influence for the direction of Jaws and kind of preaching the, you know, open-mindedness of electronic music from like growing up listening to metal. Mm -hmm. Excuse you. <laughs> um, Bailey, everybody. You want to say something? No, she's just staring <laughs> at me. Um, so when I, before I did electronic music, my goal was to be in a metal band. Yeah. And so when I played guitar and I played in, you know, metal bands and I wanted to play in a metal band, I listened to everything from the heaviest, most technical, disgusting, brutal metal out there yeah. to the most melodic and, you know, not heavy you know, but still considered metal or post-hardcore or whatever yeah. music that was out there. Yeah. And, you know, I listened to everything in between as well. So when I got to electronic music and I got into it through dubstep, obviously, because that's the nat natural progression from metal into electronic music, yep. I started seeing that same pattern in my, you know, kind of tastes and listening habits yeah. where I started with something really heavy. And then the longer that I was in it, I started kind of exploring and expanding and I'm still exploring and I'm still expanding to today, you know, and still finding stuff that I maybe wouldn't have listened to a couple years ago that now I really love. And I think that's the best part of music. And I don't think there's any reason that anyone else should limit themselves when there's so much out there to, you know, be enjoyed. I yeah. mean, music is music, right? Dude, it's crazy because so many um, bass music producers, dubstep specifically, where uh, I'll do an interview or I'll read about how they came up. A lot of them have come from metal and For punk sure. rock. 
And I started to think, well, that's kind of a new phenomenon. That's kind of interesting. But then I think back to groups like Meat Beat Manifesto and Jack Danger or Skinny Puppy or um, Revolting Cox or any of these other crazy like industrial bands. Revolting band. Cox. Yeah. Look them up. Sick. <laughs> and for a long time, punk rock metal has informed electronically produced stuff and this is just the second wave of it yeah what do you think it is about metal and about that music i mean i, I listen to sepultura morbid angel i'm a huge bad brains fan Sick. so i have a lot i mean massive iron maiden fan steve harris got me playing bass for the first time and what do you think it is about metal about the syncopation about the rhythm about almost the the mechanical aspect of of metal that lends itself to these bass music producers like stepping into the scene feeling fully confident in their chops so i think to me it's not even a technical thing it's more of an emotional thing you know what i mean yeah like i think that for me listening to dubstep for the first time gave me the same like visceral you know adrenaline almost as you know listening to a super heavy metal song for the first time and it, it felt natural because i was getting that same kind of emotional stimuli from both different kinds of music um you know if you're into metal and then you go listen to tech house as your first you know interaction with electronic music you're gonna be like fuck this shit this is for pussies you know but now going from <laughs> playing guitar playing the heaviest metal known to mankind mm -hmm. going through dubstep making electronic music now all i listen to in the car like when i came here all i was listening to is tech house yeah that's like my new like favorite genre of electronic music at the yeah. moment i agree that technically metal and dubstep are very much alike because it's all about you know in metal it's either all about the sickest solos arpeggios sweet picking mm -hmm. you know blast beats gravity beats whatever it is um, and then in dubstep, it's all about who has the, the sickest EQing on their drums, who has the sickest bass sounds, whatever. So on a technical level, they are also very similar, but I think when it really gets down to it, the most important part is the emotional response that it creates. Yeah, no, for um, sure. So yeah. it's visceral. It's, it's a, the perfect word for it. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know about the art too. The art is almost like something that you like, like a national treasure movie, Nick Cage yeah. is like digging below and he finds like some ship that's been buried and like he brushes away a bunch of dust. I think she's speaking of, uh, speaking of national treasure. My dog is currently thinks she's Nick Cage digging under your fucking I, desk. I think I may have like a piece of granola that fell under there like a long want? time Here, ago. I'm, I'm getting down on the floor. <laughs> this is what I do with my dog. Sam's on the ground. Looking oh underneath you my... are right. There is a piece of granola. Oh my god, oh, it's a pretzel oh, it's with a... peanut butter in it. Oh my god, it's a peanut butter. She could totally have that. She's if... gonna shit herself. <laughs> oh my god. Here, she... this is what you wanted. It's not that old, too. Like it's like a few days. Oh my gosh. Oh, she's gonna be so happy. Achievement unlocked. All right, I'm doing the interview Good on the floor. Okay. Now. Um, uh, tell me about the art. It, it, it totally looks like something sort of mystic and crazy and Game of Thronesy, and like you came upon it in like an old text with some weathered pages and. Yeah, that was basically the the vibe was to like have it be inspired by that exact kind of world, but also feel like like if you found a book in a deserted city in 2085 you know what i mean yeah so it has that like old mystic 
runic text kind of feel, but also feels kind of futuristic. Yeah, for sure. Um, to me, what was really important was like conveying the having the imagery of the album be as simple but effective as possible. And now Bailey's gonna lick my face while I'm talking. <laughs> um, and so, all right, I'm getting up. Sorry, Bailey. Um, I had this idea for for the for the album art to be these three symbols, you know, the wise, the wicked, the united, yeah. and have each of those symbols represent each of those worlds in a way where you would almost be able to understand what they were without even hearing the words, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and the artist that I worked with, Chadwick, who has done incredible art for a million different artists, and I've known him for like seven years, um, I came to him with this concept, and uh, he came up with a singular logo that was the combination of three different logos. Yeah. So then the like when you see the album artwork, that's actually just the United logo. You've Ultroned it, it. Basically. Yeah. And it it uh the way that I had it is it was like there was a wise, wicked, and then the United was like a scale. That was yeah. kind of the balance between the two. Which was cool. But then the way that Chadwick did it, it's actually so much more like effective and literal because you're literally taking the symbol of the wise, the symbol of the wicked and smashing them together. And I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. They're literally united. Yeah. Um, and so. Came together. Yeah, I mean, the, the I think the best thing I've ever learned in life ever is keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. The, and you can out think like paralysis by analysis. You can just for sure it happens all the time, I especially mean, in the studio. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But yeah, it was just you know that's kind of how I've lived my life, and I think why I got to where I am is the less I overthink things and the more I just kind of do it and keep it simple and don't worry about it too much. I that's always when the best music comes out and the best concepts. Um, for sure, man. Thanks for being on the show, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Pop in by Pasquale. And, and obviously, Bailey, you want to say something before we go? Say something. She was just looking at <laughs> She gave me a French kiss. She liked to do that. Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. He's a legend, right? How eloquent is he? No, he's super, he's super, really, really nice guy. Super down to earth. Love him. I, I know a couple of the guys who hung out with him at Electric Forest, and he said he was just super, super chill to be around and hang out with. And it's funny because he mentioned he did do our first metronome. He did. That mix is so good. I still listen to no, that it's, mix. It's, it's got the most plays of any of our metronomes. Dude, it's and so good. He probably dropped it maybe a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago. But then he said, yeah, I think that was like the first mix I ever did and I'm like that's not that long ago I thought, I thought for sure maybe he would have done but then the concept of time is so strange yeah and I mean I think his whole career has been on a condensed trajectory then mm -hmm. if all of that has happened so quick because to me four years that sounds like a blink of an eye but I guess when you're super in it it does feel like a lifetime but when I heard him talking about how oh man I've been in this for such a long time or what feels like such a long time I definitely was expecting a much higher number than yeah, four like an end, like 
like an MK kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I've been yeah. around since totally. you know, the late nineties. <laughs> totally. And that's not to say that how he feels that it's been a super long time to him and his experience and his observation of it. Then I get that. But mm-hmm. I was, I was surprised by the number and it got me thinking, you know, his concept of four years being a really long time. And then this album that he put together that for all intents and purposes is a really lengthy album. Mm -hmm. I mean, anything nowadays, of course, that isn't just an EP with four or five songs or even a 10 track album, even a long time ago by those standards, this is a long album. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I thought that there was something there in his career being so condensed and only being four years long, but then he put together this really lengthy album that doesn't really sync up with like, let's say the attention spans of, of so many people today. Yeah. You know, like getting Specific, through well, specifically his demo too. Yeah, you know that's what I, mean? what I was thinking. It's hard because I often wonder, as someone who grew up with a lot of amazing electronic concept albums, that was kind of the norm in a way. And it's people still put out singles, but those singles came from full length albums. Sometimes I wonder, like, is is the full length album kind of dead now? Is it is it relevant? Is it? I think that it's special when it comes along, and there are certain artists, you know, that that's what works for them, or mm-hmm. that's what their passion project at the time is. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever go away, but it's certainly not the way to sell the most amount of records in terms of singles and popularity. Yeah, I would say like the business model model nowadays, particularly in dance music, I can really only speak about the dance music stuff, that you're better to just put out a hot record with a couple tracks, but then after you build some fan base or, you know, you have a bit of experience behind you, then you can maybe put out a longer album. Well, and I think it speaks to what you were saying about short attention spans, because back in the day, you would put out a record, you would tour, and then you could chill in obscurity for a while because people weren't dying for the next big thing from you. So you had more time to be in the studio and off the road and make an album. And these people nowadays, you gotta be on the road all the time because that's how you make more money. And you have to put new stuff out all the time. But it's the only way you can make money now because there's no money in the sales and streaming. So I think that the concept, not just of concept albums, but the concept of albums is, is a thing in the past for me because you don't own it. Like an album for me is something either on a tape that long ago or a CD a or a game or vinyl. Yeah, yeah, and you have it, it and the whole thing is a physical thing. So, you know, when you're streaming or if you have downloaded it, you're just flipping to whatever track you want. You don't listen to it in the order that that it was made or if it if it's supposed to tell a story. You just it, they're all just singles. It's a Every collection once of singles. In a while I say you can. I feel like there are at least two or three a year that are full lengths that you listen from start to finish mm-hmm. in the order that they were intended to be listened in. Yep. And they're just they resonate with you really well. For sure. But it's fewer and fewer and further between. Yeah. But I don't think it'll ever completely go away. It might become antiquated and then sort of like quirky the way that vinyl did. Yeah. And become a cool collector's thing that everybody talks about kind of like what we're doing right now. Yeah. But I'm totally okay with that. Because yeah. I think playlists are albums now. Right. I mean, playlists are your own albums that exactly. you make. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone else's other tunes, you know. What are your favorite dance music albums of all time? And for younger listeners, we probably have to explain. <laughs> I mean, homework. Homework's on mine Daft too. Daft Punk homework was all time. What about you, Shy? Burial Untrue That's is my favorite. Record. Is my favorite album ever. I actually found a four dollar vinyl of that album in wow. Japan and almost started crying. 
<laughs> I love I don't know Burial just is I think that's someone who all of his albums I will listen to but there's some albums that I just feel like they shouldn't be albums I feel like it would have been better as like a four track EP mm-hmm. or maybe like a double sided or you know it, I'm so half and half when it comes to albums it's insane like we just put out an album on Bass Rush Records of like 19 songs and I felt like okay this was worth it because it was so many different genres that flew well together and younger kids aren't used to a whole bass like album it's intimidating I feel like that's the thing these days that people's attention spans are a lot shorter and and it's and true music is disposable so much quicker than it used to be like an album comes out and it's it's forgotten about unless it's absolutely epic for me, it'd be Milo's Destroy Rock and Roll, which you I... took mine, Daniel. You, <laughs> you took mine. <laughs> you can have Milo's Destroy Rock and Roll. Um, I mean, Homework and Destroy Rock and Roll are still in my car. Nice. Yeah, on ripped CDs. I kind you. of <laughs> was holding so... Oh, there's no albums anymore, and you can't take people on a journey. And if ever there was a genre where taking people on a journey was important, it's dance music. But I'm kind of over it. Like, it's cool. Oh, I, I disagree. I think that that happens at least a couple times a year. I well, mean, I'm not over it, but I don't expect it. Put it that way. Right. But then when an album you're comes so along, you're when like, it happens, oh, this is great. I love this. Who do, you want, with, who do you want to hear an album from? Who, who, who would you like to release Milo. an album? <laughs> I would cut off my pinky for a burial Oh song, yeah. Let alone album. I would cut off my... Well, he just did a duo with somebody, but it doesn't count because it's not no, just No, it doesn't count. Like, I would 100%. I would cry. I would give a finger. All right, so Deidre's Milo, I would agree. Your burial. Pink Another, Floyd? Like, <laughs> like a, a Pink Floyd. Steely Dan. <laughs> no, I mean, let's see. If, if Underworld, no. Chemical Brothers, it's one. Prodigy just has a record that's coming out. Everything that Prodigy had done in the last 20 years has been toilet. Oh my God. Don't at Daniel. Don't, yeah, or don't, maybe at Daniel. Or maybe at him, but not me. I'm, I'm a, I'm a you fan. You can at Wide Awake Stories, though, for, for that comment. Yeah, there you go. You, at Insomniac Radio. It's just as well. so disappointing. Did you listen to the last? I don't even know I the like, name of it. I listened to the first so, single. I thought it, the single was great. So bad. What about you guys? We want to know what albums you love, uh, what albums you're looking forward to, artists that maybe haven't made one that should be making one, maybe artists, maybe not so much artists that shouldn't be making full legs. You can keep that to yourself. And maybe some, you know, underground, like our last episode, send us some music that you don't think we know. Send us music that isn't out yet and that doesn't exist. Yeah, game. Honestly, just DM us unreleased music. Yep. How do, they, how do they DM you, Shy? Well, you can't add, add me, Shiley actually. Ben David. I know it's hard to spell. Small but spell it. S-H-A-I-L-E-E-B-E-N-G-A-V-I-D-E. L-M-N-O-P. Sometimes why. You can add me at The Landfill on Twitter. T-H-E Landfill. The Landfill and Shiley Ben David. We talk on about memes, really. Yeah, it's, it's all about Send us memes. memes. Send us albums. Send all your memes and albums. Uh, someone who is great at finding dank tunes and uh, the best unreleased music and stuff you've never heard about Mr. Sam Yu is about to bless us with some fire in the latest installment of his segment. A new you? A new you. A new you. What's up, Sam? Welcome to Wide Awake Stories. 
So the big question we're asking this episode is whether or not the studio album is a lost art. And in today's dance music ecosystem, which is primarily driven by singles and with the ease of artists being able to just drop tracks that they've made online, self-release, no barrier to entry, you might be led to believe that the art of the album is very much dead. However, there are a few hopeful souls that are keeping the LP alive. I'd like to take a second to continue the conversation we're having by highlighting a few albums that I think you should be paying close attention to. So with it being October and Halloween is quickly creeping up on us, I thought the most logical starting point would be Figure's forthcoming conceptual album. Uh, It's the ninth installment in his Monsters LP series, which he drops every year around this time. And he just really taps into the bone-chilling, hair-raising vibes of Halloween. For this installment, he's decided to go with the concept, The Asylum, and that theme is running throughout every track on the album with titles like Schizophrenia, Lobotomy, Shock Therapy, Sleep Paralysis. You can really get a sense of the direction he wanted to take here. It's very much in line with our own Halloween haunt, Escape Psycho Circus. So ironically, the track that I decided to highlight is called The Escape, which is the second to last cut on the album. And it's figure really diving deep into the darkest recesses of his mind. It's arguably one of the most bone chilling cuts on the LP. And once you listen to it, you'll understand why. Awake stories from Insomniac. So the Prodigy are no strangers to the studio album. In fact, they're currently gearing up for their seventh LP, which is slated to drop at the beginning of next month on BMG. For those of you who don't know, they've been in the game before some of you were even old enough to say the word artist album. The album they're working on currently is called Notorious, and what made them stand out is the fact that they're doing something that's happening now that was never done before, which is fusing their roots in rock and bringing it to the dance floor. You may have noticed that there's a lot of metal influences that have been infiltrating dance music as of late, and these guys in the 90s were the first to do so. And they really bring that vibe and aesthetic to life on this album and take it to a whole new degree. The last single that they dropped is called Light Up the Sky, and it's just dripping in everything that put Prodigy on the map in the first place. It's the epitome of an acid rock song, and it's marked by these just chaotic 303 squelches, frontman Maxim's iconic singing, 
and even an appearance from longtime collaborator Brother Culture. Check it out. Wide Awake Stories. So Marcus Schultz is also someone who's been around the block in terms of releasing albums. He's also getting ready to release his sixth studio album, I believe, called We Are The Light. On it, he's really exploring his sense of songwriting. He's a trans artist who's a seasoned veteran who has very much lived on the dance floor for many years, but most recently taken a slight departure and has really honed in on his songwriting abilities and this album is a testament to that on it he works with vocalists that he's been uh, in the studio with for as long as i can remember names like emma hewitt christina novelli adina batar but on the track's titular offering he works with nikki flores and it's an anthem if i've ever heard one So Closey is a name that's been on the tips of bass music fans' tongues for about the last year or two. Uh, people have kind of referred to her as the next bass nectar, but in reality, she's carving out her own space in the low-end world, and she's creating a sound that's definitely all her own. She's about to put out her debut LP called Evasion, and on it, she's tapping into uh, a few of the experiences she's been afforded recently as she's been globetrotting and just touring super heavily. She pulls inspirations from some of her travels in Tokyo, the picturesque jungles of Costa Rica, but my favorite cut from the album is called Desert, and she does an exceptionally well job at just transporting you to the barren beauties of the Nevada desert and translating those those views into a glitchy ethereal bass music track stories. One of the advantages of putting out an artist album versus just a single is 
being able to showcase a completely different dimension of your sound. On their debut album, Swiss duo Adriatic does precisely this. There's definitely club weapons on the LP, but they decided to demonstrate a little bit more of a down-tempo side to their artistry. Early in the year, they released a two-track 12-inch on Afterlife, who they signed with exclusively this year. And Nude is the name of their album, and it's them picking up where they left off and really diving into the full scope of their sound. Mysteries is the last track that they just put out, and it features vocalist Jonah McClary, and it speaks to them really experimenting with some of the softer and finer shades of electronic music.
That about does it for episode 19. We'll see you next month in November. I think we should put together uh, our list of favorite albums for, for our, our November, December show. What do you think? I'm down. I'm totally down. Hashtag Wide Awake Stories. At Shiley Ben David. <laughs> <laughs> At Burial. <laughs> UK, please. <laughs> together when it helps you realize